Today is May the 24th. Who are the spiritually blind? Let's find out together as we study the Gospels. Yesterday in the sermon, we saw the story of Jesus healing a man who had been blind. Um, he used that as um, an illustration, as an object lesson to his disciples. So I thought today it would be worthwhile for us to just take a look, especially in the Gospels, of what Jesus says about blindness. First of all, we see that the vast majority of times that the word blind or blindness occurs in the gospel, it's referring to physical blindness. Those who are actually blind. There are a number of cases in which they're lumped together as a group. For example, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 30, a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, and those who couldn't speak, and many others, they laid them before Jesus and he healed them all. The blind, the physically blind. Um, we see, as we count in Scripture, at least five distinct cases in which Jesus dealt with people who were blind. Four of those cases occur in Matthew, and indeed, most of the references to blindness occurs in Matthew. But uh, Mark also mentions it. We, we saw that yesterday um, in the sermon. There is one other episode that John tells us. In John chapter 9, he tells the story of a man who was blind from birth. He was in the temple. He was begging. Jesus came into the temple. He saw the man. He knelt down and um, spits in the ground, makes some mud, rubs the mud on the man's eyes, and then he tells him to go wash the mud off his face. The man gets up from where he is. They lead him to the pool of Siloam. And there he washes his eyes, and as his eyes open, for the first time in his life, he sees light. He sees the lame man who was begging by him, that he recognized by his voice. He sees those who brought him to the pool to help him out. He sees for the first time in his life. And he looks for Jesus. But he's got a problem. He's never seen Jesus. He doesn't know who Jesus is. Jesus uh, put the mud on his eyes, told him to go away and wash. When he did that, he looked around. Jesus wasn't there. So he did not recognize Jesus. That becomes important in the story. Because Jesus did what he did on the Sabbath day, the Pharisees accused him of working on the Sabbath day. Now, the work that he performed was not so much healing, because that's unclear, but Jesus spat on the ground, and he mixed the dirt 
with his spittle. The Pharisees said, you made mud as if he were going to make brick. That is a labor, it's one of the 39 labors that in their oral tradition they said was unlawful to do on the Sabbath day. They said Jesus sinned. So they asked the man who was blind, how did you come to see? The man ends up defending Jesus, saying the Old Testament doesn't even record any blind man from birth recovering his sight, and yet Jesus did it. The Pharisees say to the blind man, well, you're his disciple, we're disciples of Moses. At the end of the day, they threw the man out of the synagogue. They cut him off from the temple. They removed him from being a child of Abraham, from being one of the children of Israel. They excommunicated him from their community. Now they thought they were removing him from the chance for salvation, but Jesus came to find him. And listen to the interchange between this man and Jesus. John chapter 9, verse 35. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and he asked him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You've seen him, Jesus said. He's the one who's speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said. And he worshiped Jesus. So in this little short exchange between the man and Jesus, Jesus offers him salvation. Come worship me, come follow me. Believe in me and you'll be saved. Now Jesus goes on at this point. Verse 39, Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they're blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him. They said, are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you are guilty because you claim you can see. Jesus plays on this physical and spiritual blindness. He's healed the man who was physically blind but had spiritual insight. Then he looks at the Pharisees who can physically see but are spiritually blind. What is it that makes them blind? Um, again, we go back to the book of Matthew. Remember I told you that the book of Matthew has more references to blindness than any of the other Gospels. Jesus actually has a prolonged chapter, chapter 23 where he speaks about the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, the spiritual leaders of their day. And in verse 16, talking to them, he says, you blind guides. Verse 17, you blind fools. Verse 19, how blind you are. Verse um, 24, blind guides. Verse 
26, you blind Pharisees. <laughs> Five times there. He talks about the Pharisees who were blind. What were they guilty of? What was it that made them blind? Verse 16, he says, blind guides, what sorrow awaits you? You say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, that it's binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, what's more important, the, important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? He goes on and he tells them, here's what you say. Then he says, here's what the Old Testament says. Verse 23, when uh, he calls them blind guides, what he says is, you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the most important aspects of the law. Justice, mercy, faith. Tithe, yes, but do the more important things. Blind guides. The problem with the Pharisees is that they ignored God's word and paid attention to their own words that they said came from God. You see, by Jesus' time, the Pharisees had developed what they referred to as oral tradition. They literally said that when God gave the law to Moses, he gave him two laws. There was a written law, which Moses then engraved on tablets of stone. But there was an oral law that was so sacred, so holy, that God whispered it in Moses' ear. And Moses to his sons, and his sons to Moses' grandsons, and so on and so forth, until it came to the Pharisees. And now the Pharisees were teaching the oral tradition. That's why they said things like, you have to wash your hands before you eat, or you break God's law. There's no Old Testament law that says you must wash your hands before you eat. That was an oral tradition from the Pharisees. It was an oral tradition that led them to say, when God says, do no work, on the seventh day, he included 39 types of work. One of them, making mud to bake it into brick. What Jesus did to the blind man. So what about you today? Are there things that you do that you think is God's law, but it's actually not a part of God's law? Be careful. Make sure what you do has a biblical foundation. I encourage you to like, follow, and subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to this devotional. Send your questions or comments to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll return to the Passion and look at the new covenant.